0: Christians are supposed to be Christ like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host, teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. greetings for author talk and author house this is Jay douglas barker the book title is dangerous journey home subtitled the prodigal son's journey back to the father god and joining me from vancouver or near vancouver british columbia is the author michael hunter pastor michael welcome to the program
1: thanks very much jay good morning to everybody and uh, it's a blessing to be have an opportunity to share a little bit about the book.
0: Your book details your personal life story. It's a biographical sketch of a very difficult beginning and uh, some challenges that I'm sure have impacted you to this day. Tell my listeners a little of how this book became a passion of yours to, to write it and share your story.
1: Uh, certainly. Um, I, I had a a very difficult childhood. And, uh, as, as many other people have had as well. And when that, when you're in that situation, you're, you're really confused and searching for some way to have fulfillment and, uh, satisfaction in life. You're looking for answers. And, uh, I really wasn't able to find them no matter what I tried. I, I grew up, um, in a home that had PTSD and alcohol abuse and, uh, father died at an early age so uh, what I did was I turned to uh, guns and drugs and motorcycles and pornography and you name it everything trying to find what I was looking for and, and you're, you're really a child well, that didn't,
0: you're, you're really a child of the 50s and uh, when you talk about PTSD you're referring really to World War two uh, the the mm-hmm. residuals of that is that uh, my understanding?
1: Yes both of my parents were were in the war uh my mom was in uh Glasgow when it was being bombed and uh my father was uh a Canadian serviceman, and that's how they met over in uh, Britain, and then came across to Canada.
0: Your dad, at one point, you mentioned, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm getting the story right. I know that there was a 20-year difference in age at, uh, with one of your parents. Uh, I, I guess it would, would it be your father, Bill? Is that uh, am I understanding that story correct?
1: Yes, that's quite right. Yeah, he was. He's quite a bit older than my mom, and uh, he suffered terribly from, from, uh, headaches and anger management, uh, ever since he got back from the war, perhaps of being close to the shelling and all that stuff. But, uh, uh, he actually had a stroke and died when I was four. Wow. So, uh, that left my mom, uh, single parent and, uh, uh, trying to do the best she could. And the fellow that she met after that, uh, Had a serious alcohol problem, and then that sort of brought my mom into the situation where, if you can't beat them, join them, and and she went through the same problem until later on in life. After I accepted Christ, uh, my mom said, "Gee, that that's good. I want some of that," and she was able to uh, conquer a life lifelong addiction to alcoholism and other other problems that she had so I was greatly encouraged the the end of her life was much better than the beginning
0: Wow I understand also from your story that I believe it was your father uh, who who was named Bill is that the the correct father that you moved to the west coast from Toronto or from Ontario at some point Mm And that's where he passed away. was your mo- Were your mom and dad, if I will use that term, were they traditionally married, or what was the situation? I know there was an issue with uh, with his burial at the time of uh, of his death.
1: There was uh, there was a situation. Uh, 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 you're uh, we're a little bit confused uh, regarding my my parental father and my the person that my mom came across to Canada with, Ah. uh, her original husband was very abusive. And when she came across from, um, Great Britain with him, uh, she found out that she just couldn't suffer through that kind of abuse anymore. And she ran across Canada and then met Bill in, uh, Saskatchewan. Mm. And uh, that, one, that person would become my real father. And in those days, there was no such thing as women's rights or government uh, um, help for, for women who were in trouble. The advice from the government was go back to your husband. So that created a situation there. And then because her former husband uh, had threatened to kill her and yet wouldn't release her from marriage, then uh, my real father... Uh, was not married to my mother. So I was essentially a bastard son. Mm. Um, And uh, then even though they were involved in a small church on the island, which I'm not going to name, but uh, there was a problem with burying him because the only uh, cemetery belonged to the church. And because they weren't married, they could come to the church, but they wouldn't bury bury him. So he had to have his body shipped out. And, and so it's, a, it's a difficult situation for any, any young mother with uh, a, a four-year-old child and having just suffered through the death of her husband and then have to ship the body off to another, another city to have it buried.
0: And this gave a negative, uh, negative impression, at least uh, as, as a four-year-old, uh, your impression of uh, what Christianity and what churches actually represented, and that uh, was something that motivated you to go the opposite direction, I think.
1: Well, it's possible it had some effect on me as a four-year-old, but I think it was more hurtful to my mom. You know, at four, you don't really know what's going on. I just found these things out later by discussing it with with my mother, and uh, it certainly drew her away from God uh, to the point where she had a Bible, which she eventually gave to me to try and get me on the straight and narrow. But she didn't have much to do with with, uh, Christianity other than when she met my stepfather, they they would send me to uh, uh, Bible school, I guess Sunday school, until I really didn't want to go anymore because I was becoming a rebellious teenager.
0: Your book is 194 pages, which outlines uh, your history from the 50s when you were born. If I can uh, you know, mention the fact that you're an older person now in your mm-hmm. life, you're now an ordained minister. There must have been, besides the challenges of growing up and uh, I'm sure facing uh, obstacles from your peers, was there a lot of peer pressure that, that also was uh, an impact on you as a teenager and so on?
1: Yes, I guess uh, you're probably familiar with, uh, I'm going to use some of the terms that the kids at school would use. Uh, growing up as a teenager, there were the, the jocks, the, those who were, were uh, somewhat into sports. There was the, the geeks, who we considered to be the brainy people. And uh, there was uh, uh, myself, which was really didn't fit in anywhere. I I was smart, and yet I didn't want to be part of that group, and I was physically um, active and could participate in sports, but I wasn't interested in that. The only things that really interested me at at that time was motorcycles and guns. Wow.
0: Explain to my listeners what happened at age 19 and how that uh, stayed with you and impacted your journey.
1: I believe it was 19, oh, that would be, uh, yeah, 72. Uh, that was when I was in, on my way back to my parents after losing uh, a job that I had, and I'd got a call from my old deployment to come and visit them. And uh, on the way back, uh, I was in the middle of a line of traffic on the highway, and someone facing us in the traffic turned right into my vehicle head-on, And totally destroyed the vehicle. And uh, I knew I had some injury, minor injury at the time. But uh, the next day when I got out to have a look at the car and see what I could salvage, there was nothing left. The, The rear wheels was about the only thing that was left. And really never having any much exposure to God. I'm standing looking at the car and a voice in my spirit, not an audible voice, but something inside of me said, if not for me, you would be dead today. And it was so real that I looked around to see who had talked to me, and yet there was nobody there. And I looked back at the car and the, the motor was all humped up through the floor. The headlights were just outside the windshield. The steering wheel was bent in half. I hadn't been wearing a seatbelt, and yet I got six stitches in my chin. That was it.
0: Incredible. Incredible. Mm -hmm. The uh, time of this accident or this this happening uh, would be probably, what, late 60s, early 70s maybe in that general time frame. A lot of uh, young people were were doing searches for meaning in life. Did you pursue anything in other religions or or spirituality at that time?
1: Yeah, what I did, uh, I— I, I really believed in my heart that from that time on that God was real and God had spoken to my heart, but I didn't really know much about God. So I started studying every religion I could get my hands on, really became quite expert at it. And the only one that really made sense to me was Christianity. And yet I looked at people who called themselves Christians and I kind of shook my my head because most of the people that I saw were really no different than I was. And so with our natural tendency to gravitate to the lowest point, I looked at my life and I looked at their life and I thought, oh, well, if they're going to make it to heaven, so will I. And I professed to be a Christian without really understanding what it was that God desired of us, which was really to, to turn away from the things in our life that are destroying us and come back to Him as, as our Father and, and come back to His His house and following Him so that we could have a better life. So for nine years, from 1972 to 1981, I was looking for God and not finding Him because really had nobody to show me the path that God wanted me to go. You see, the Bible says uh, the, the path to destruction is wide and broad. A lot of people are on it. The path to God is straight and narrow, and there's few that find it. And uh, really, in, even in Christianity today, there's, there's not a lot of people teaching, this is what God wants of us, and this is why God wants us to be this way not that God is an ogre who wants to destroy all your fun. God. What God is trying to tell us is that I love you beyond what you can believe. And I want you to come back to me because the direction you're going is destroying your life. So that's what really led to the book, The uh, Dangerous Journey Back to God, because of then the 9 years i spent looking for god i actually got into more trouble than i got into as a younger man mm. and in the end ended up in prison oh my
0: and you had did you have a wife and family at that uh, during that time frame
1: uh yeah that was part of what i thought would make me happy and make me a good christian which was to uh Uh, get married and raise a family and start a business and uh, so I became a respectable member of the community a lot of people looked up to us Uh, if you can catch the irony in this we even sold Bibles and Christian books in our stores Wow. we had I, I had several different businesses and yet myself I was not really living for God and in the end that destroyed my family I lost my wife and my children I lost my businesses, I lost my freedom, and uh, as I say, ended up just because of the way I chose to continue to live, I ended up in prison because of it.
0: How did you get straightened out, if I can use that term? as a? Was it in prison? Was it uh, after you were released from prison? What uh, exactly caused the change in your life?
1: Well, uh, the uh, uh, interesting thing about that is that the the catalyst to to get me to go to God and say, Lord, you know, a lot of times we blame God because of our situation. But I finally got to that place where I cried out to God when my wife and children left and my stepfather died in the same week. And it just drove me to... A low in my life I'd never seen before. Suicidal low, really. And uh, I was driving, I just got in my car and started driving. Didn't know where I was going. Drove hundreds and hundreds of miles and uh, finally broke down and said, God, I've done, I haven't really followed you. I need your help. I need you to change me, to help me change, to help me be a new person. And for the second time in my life, I felt that presence of God. And this time it was, it was different. I was sitting in my car, and it just, the, the love of God was so real that it forced me from the steering wheel, and I'm lying on the floor of the car just sobbing and crying. And you got to realize, I'm a guy that carried a gun and knives and would beat up anybody that got in my way so that was not who i who i was i hadn't cried in years and that started me on the journey back to god i i it happened on a late on a friday night i ended up in a town called williams lake i was early morning when i got there and after this experience i didn't even know where i was i just had to park because i couldn't drive anymore and I opened my eyes and I looked and I, I realized, oh, I'm in front of a lawyer's office. Maybe I need some help, <laughs> some advice, eh? So it was a Saturday morning. I could see somebody inside. I tried the door, the door's locked. So, but I'm desperate, so I'm banging on the door. The fella comes to the door and I just basically exploded over him, over all my problems and how I'd been talking to God and how I needed some advice. And what do you know, this fellow was a Christian lawyer, if there ever is such a thing. Wow. He was one. And uh, he, he just confirmed, yes, that that uh, if you really want a better life, if you really want to understand God, then you got to listen to this and turn around. And from that point forward, that happened in 1981. And for... Seven years I served the Lord. I immediately got into Bible school, got my license, began to minister whatever capacity I could. And in 1988, uh, I got a phone call saying the police wanted to talk to me. And I had done the best I could to reconcile everything from my past, but this was something that couldn't be reconciled. And sure enough god put me in prison i was there for sentenced to eight months and i i really could have taken the attitude god you know here i've served you all this time and now you do this to me but i learned in those seven years if god wanted me in prison there was a reason for that and so i just humbled my heart and said god if, if that's where you want me to be that's where i'll be and while i was in prison I had the opportunity to lead other people to the Lord, to make some prison reform regarding uh, um, literature that was available for prisoners, led Bible studies. So uh, after three months, I think the the prison had had enough of me and they said, okay, you're, you're out. (laughs) You, you can go now. Don't need uh, need a fanatic. Since that time, I've got a, a pardon, from the Canadian government and uh, continued in my ministry, and um, first two people that I actually personally led to the Lord was in prison, so I would call that a positive experience.
0: Absolutely, and you have been in the ministry or ordained as a minister since 1987 and still active in ministry, associated with a church in uh, in the the, uh, Vancouver area. Uh, great visiting with you. This, this story is uh, somewhat uh, exciting to read. It's somewhat uh, tugs at your heartstrings, and those who will read it, I'm sure, will be inspired by the outcome, which is very positive at this point in your life. The title of the book, again, is Dangerous Journey Home, A Prodigal Son Journey Back to the Father God. And my guest author, who's joined me from near Vancouver, British Columbia, is author Michael Hunter Pastor Michael where do we get copies of your book
1: I believe the book is available through author house publishing uh, it also has um, IBSN number ISBN number I think is what what they call it so it can be ordered through your local bookstores uh, you would just look uh, have your bookstore look up my name Michael Hunter, or the book title uh, and it's available on Amazon possibly through chapters as well, uh, in Canada. I think you can order it through that and, uh, pretty well, any bookstore should be able to order the book through the ISBN number. Fabulous.
0: And this is not the only book you have penned. So they can do a search under your name, Michael Hunter, and uh, locate this and other, uh, works that you have completed and have, uh, have released. Michael, thank you, sir, for joining me today and sharing your story.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciated the opportunity, and uh, I really hope and pray that it will encourage people to get the book. Uh, this is, these are difficult times we're going through right now uh, with all of this COVID stuff and the unrest in the world and uh, a lot of people using uh, political unrest as an excuse for doing evil things. And I, I hope and pray that uh, this will encourage the the listeners to understand that god has a better plan for us than that
0: beautifully put a book of inspiration get a copy of it dangerous journey home guest author michael hunter thank you sir for being a part of today's program
1: you're welcome sir and um i will have a great day
0: thank you sir for author house and author talk this is j douglas barker Join us again for Christian Living That Counts.